Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Stephen. Um, I'm the worship pastor, one of the worship pastors at this church, which means I'm responsible for a lot of the musical worship that goes on uh, in this place and across both of our sites. And uh, that's one of the reasons I really loved the worship this morning uh, when Emma stopped and just said, I've got a feeling that, um, that, uh, that there's something blocking us between us and the worship. And it just means that we're not here and we're not about singing three songs to get them over with and then cracking on with the rest of the important bit but actually that it, it honours something about what God is trying to do in this place where we encounter him. So that's what I do. Um, I'm also uh, engaged to Fiona. He's leading the service. Yeah, Lucky me. And, um, and uh, <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? I mean, it's like I'm punching. What can I say? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and in the reading today, um, keep it with me. Uh, what Paul, I think, is getting at, and what I'm going to speak about, is not giving up and sticking it out. Not giving up, sticking it out. Um, feel free to follow in, in the passage. You keep, keep it open if you fancy. Um, I know that can be distracting for some people. It's distracting for me. You know when people say, keep the passage open and follow, and then I'm like, trying to listen anyway, sorry. From verse 3, it says, Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You see, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Rather, he tries to please his commanding officer. In the same way, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete doesn't receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. And the hard-working farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. Um, three things from those three metaphors that Paul gives us about how we live the Christian life. Um, like in the sense that this metaphor that we're soldiers, don't get distracted. And the metaphor that we're athletes, play by the rules. And the metaphor that we're farmers, work hard, do your best. Uh, and the question I want to start answering is, 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 is how? Where do we start with this? Um, and so I'm going to start actually at the end of the passage, which is verse 12, or verse 10 rather. Um, Therefore, I enjoyed everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And the salvation that's in Christ Jesus with eternal glory, I think, is the place that we need to start for many of us in this place. Because there's got to be a reason for a soldier to want to please his commanding officer. There's a reason for an athlete desiring to win the race, and there's a reason for a farmer doing the hard work. What is our reason as Christians for doing those three things? And that is simply that we receive the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. Again, that's verse 10. With eternal glory. And I just want to start, the first point I want to make is just what is this eternal glory? And um, it's a really difficult one for me to, to answer, but I also think for me personally, it's been one that I really desperately want to try and grasp in my life, and I, and I seek to do that. Um, we all know that we're saved by grace and we're saved under Jesus and what he did for us at the cross. But there's so much more than just a mere salvation where we can live a slightly better life than uh, every other person that's around us. You see, there's an eternal glory 
that I believe is coming and that is written about in Scripture that I think as Christians we need to grasp. In verse 12, it says, if we endure, we will also reign with him. And to reign with Christ is an incredible thought and slightly bizarre because it doesn't make us feel particularly normal. You know, God is God, he's Jesus, he's reigning, and we just kind of are the lowly worms who walk the earth and save by grace. But there's an invitation here, and I think this is to do with the eternal glory that he's inviting us into, to reign with him to reign with Christ, what does that mean for you? And so just that, that's my first point, is just allow yourselves to dream big again. Allow yourselves to dream big again of what it might mean for you in the long run, you know, not thinking of the next 80 years, I'm thinking of the next 1,000 years. What, what might it mean for you to receive an eternal glory with Christ? There is so much more that is offered to us in Jesus and in that I hope I'm not alone saying that um, I often find myself unwilling to enter into this relationship with Christ to worship or pray Um, I feel like uh, sometimes it's just quite boring it's just a rhythm of church Um, but in these times it's not that I'm assuming that God uh, is boring but I'm simply assuming that my broken and slightly leaky mind uh, is once again forgotten forgotten the wonder of God himself, forgotten the wonder of his love for me, shown to me in all the passion of the crucifixion and the resurrection. So my prayer for us here is that uh, as a gathered people, uh, we receive the Holy Spirit in order to enter into the place of worship again, where we actually can just dream again and receive again the glory with the confidence and expectation that the Holy Spirit brings the confidence and the expectation the Holy Spirit brings. That's the first point. Where do we start? What are we doing it for? What are we doing it for? The relationship with Christ and the eternal glory. It's so much more. Um, Section two. So how do we do it? Not getting distracted as the soldier. Keeping the gospel in mind. I think is another way of saying play by the rules. There's only one, there's one rule, and I think we've got to keep it in mind. Play by that rule that Christ has give, given us grace, that Christ has paid the price for us, uh, and so righteousness comes through him. That's the rule. And the third one, do your best, to the best of your ability. Don't give up when you don't see fruit straight away. In all these three cases, the subject, that's the, uh, the, uh, the soldier, athlete, and farmer, they never see immediate results. The soldier doesn't understand necessarily uh, the reason for his tasks. He might never, he's just told what to do. The athlete doesn't receive a gold medal every time he goes out for a grueling run. Uh, the farmer doesn't plant seed, and as soon as he's walking back to his house, the same minute, see trees sprouting up around him. They don't see the results immediately. And there's something here about working even in the secret and the hidden and the quiet place, the lonely place even, that we're actually sowing seeds for success. It's in the secret, the lonely, the repetitive places where the seeds of success are sown. For the six, um, I just felt like I was praying, I was, I was praying, I was praying, and, uh, and, uh, and, and I think we, we preach quite a similar message. I kind of sometimes feel at the six. And, um, and, uh, and it can often feel like uh, 
we, we kind of talk about Jesus being the chain breaker, you know, the salvation bringer, the, uh, the, the life giver. And that's amazing. And it's a message that can never stop being preached. Um, but we also don't want to repeat the same message every week because it means we're not seeing progress necessarily. And a Christian's life can't be static because we are called to something, you see. We're called to something. Why are we working hard if we've already reached the goal? So if we're called to something, then the life has to move and has to change. And that looks like, as a Christian, a constant movement of surrender. John the Baptist says that, uh, prayed this prayer quite famously in, in John's gospel. John the Baptist says, more, more of you and less of me. More of you and less of me. That's the prayer that we as Christians should consistently, confidently be praying. And it's really difficult because when you pray that prayer, you see God's going to point his finger at things in your life that he's not a fan of, that aren't okay. And it's in those moments when we decide to surrender and move on with him that true life comes again. That's the work that we do as Christians. Surrendering again, again. It might have been something you surrendered before. It might be something new. It might be something at the moment you feel like God might be asking you to surrender and you go, and there's not a chance that I'm going to surrender that. But it's the job, it's the work of our hearts to surrender all to him because he's worth it, the eternal salvation. Um, in the same vein, uh, we don't want to repeat the same thing every week in the church. It, it, it can't be just a pit stop. We go once a week and then expect our spiritual life to increase and develop and move forward because church it shouldn't be anywhere close to enough for us. And, uh, and actually, I, I think it's pretty uninspiring in lots of ways. I mean, you know, we get a band and we sing songs, but it's, that's great. And then we pray, which is quite nice, but, um, but doesn't necessarily equate to experiencing the oh, incredible eternal perspective that God has for me and has for our lives. So please dig into it. Um, I felt like there were three things that, uh, that God might be asking of us. Um, for some of us, I think it might just be that um, God's desire for you as the next step might be genuinely to join a home group or a small group that we have here. We have them there often on Tuesday nights. There's a couple on Wednesday evenings. Um, and uh, and as, as a way to develop your faith, as a way to get closer to God, just be surrounded by people who are bringing you closer to God relates to the second thing. The second thing, I think there might be just others who need to just check that the people you're hanging out with most regularly aren't dragging you a little bit away from the gospel, potentially, aren't just dragging you slightly. And it's often by very small degrees, you see. You know, people will just drag you one degree away from Jesus. And the problem is when you start traveling one degree away from Jesus, after a long while, you get a heck of a large distance away from him. So just check, are the friends, are the people you're hanging out with, are they actually bringing you closer or are they pulling you slightly away from Jesus and his message? And I think for many of us, um, the last one is to, um, to truly offer a sacrifice of discipline to Christ. And I include myself in this message. I, I'm a horrible procrastinator. Um, and... Uh, and <laughs> And, uh, and I think for many of us, the discipline to really seek the Lord every day um, is actually going to be life-transforming, life-changing. 
Uh, I'm not just saying that because it sounds nice. Um, it transforms your life. Because if you take the time, maybe in the morning or the evening, to sit in God's presence and to know before you get up from that place, to know in your heart, head and your heart and your soul that, ah, I'm loved and Jesus is Lord, then the way you live your life has to change. It has to. There's no way it can't. Maybe just think about that. If there's one of those three things that God might be just highlighting to you, do you need to maybe just join a small group? It's really easy. Um, look it up. There's some of the leaders here. They're fantastic. They're really fun as well. Midweek group. Um, is, it, is, it, is it just need to recheck who are your friends, who are you hanging out the most with and who's having the most influence on you? Uh, or is it that you just need to commit and as, a dis- as, a, as a disciple discipline um, to, to, to just coming into God's presence every day? to really doing that. Stick it out then, stick it out. Because if we're gonna reign with him, that means we're called to be kings and queens, isn't it? That's our eternal destiny. If we want to be that, then right now we might be soldiers, but our job is just to stick it out, to carry on, to not give up. Hold on to the promise that God has made us. To focus not get distracted, to trust in his promise, in his rule, and to work hard for him, to do our best for him. I'll finish with this because Paul finishes with this a little bit in this section. He says, he says this is a very trustworthy saying, um, if you die with Christ, you'll also live with him. If you endure, just endure, then you will reign with him. If you disown him, he will disown you. And that's just the gospel, isn't it? You know, you accept Jesus or you don't. You say yes or not. But this is the clencher. You see, if in 13 it says, if you are faithless, and you'd expect the answer to be Jesus will be faithless or he will abandon you. But actually it changes. And it says, if you're faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. If you're faithless, he remains faithful. So that's the encouragement for the end of this, this talk. Um, those three things. Done because we believe the eternal perspective is amazing. We're called to so much more. But even when we do mess up, he remains faithful. That is in his nature. <laughs>